0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are joined by a specialist, someone who has studied under masters until the time that he was able to take the reins and drive innovation on his own. He has spent the bulk of his career with one brand, but now he finds himself with one of the equipment game's behemoths, ready to unleash a new era of success. The product is golf balls, and today we are joined by the Senior Director of Golf Ball Research and Development with Callaway Golf, as we talk with Eric Loper here on the range. Eric, it's great talking with you.
1: Yeah, uh, Ralph, thanks for having me on.
0: We have a tradition here on the range by welcoming new guests with a simple question. When did golf enter into your life?
1: Yeah, well, uh, golf wasn't, I'd say, uh, part of my life as a kid. I, I, I dabbled in it with my friends here and there, uh, going to the range, uh, you know, playing on some executive courses here uh, in San Diego. Uh, went to college, uh, got my uh, degree in uh, mechanical engineering, and I was looking for a job here in San Diego. And uh, I was looking through the classifieds, which as you remember, or, you know, in the newspaper, <laughs> not on the internet. And uh, I responded to uh, uh, an ad for uh, Made, who they were looking for a, a test engineer. And uh, I I, um, I responded to that ad and interviewed, and, and the rest is history, really. Um, I interviewed with uh, Benoit Vincent and Dean Snell, uh, and I'd say... One of the more interesting interviews that I've been in, um, Benoit in that, in that uh, interview asked me why he had an accent and I thought it was a trick question, but since I'm just you know, pretty open and honest, it's like, well, because you're French, that's why you have an accent. And he's like, well, did you do any research on why I may be here and who are owned by? Nope, not at all. Uh, and at that time, TaylorMade was owned by Solomon, and mm-hmm. uh, and then, you, know, you have the rest of the documentation there. But that's really that's really how I got started in um, in the golf industry.
0: That would be quite the interview uh, going to a, a couple people we've had on the show, <laughs> really giants in golf technology industry. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you remember what the first thing was that you worked on, starting it, working in golf ball engineering and testing? Yeah, engineering? you
1: know, I, I think. I think probably like any, any sports uh, equipment development, uh, there's, there's the need to test and, and evaluate your your designs. And how do you go about doing that? So one of the first things I, I worked on was really setting up our, our golf ball testing labs and, and really trying to understand uh, our, how do we replicate uh, test conditions that happen out on course in a, in a lab environment where you can generate consistent results. And there are significant challenges, especially at that time when we didn't have access to TrackMan systems and, and video systems that we do now. Uh, they weren't readily available. They all had to be custom made and, and quite honestly very cumbersome and, and time consuming to use. Um, but yeah, so that was my first project was to really set up the test labs and we were focused on, on driver distance and driver launch conditions and I'd say eight iron, uh, launch conditions. And that's really what we focused on, uh, in our testing. Um, and then, and then that quickly rolled into, um, projects, uh, I'd say when you think about product development, there's the entire package in launching a golf ball. There's the materials assessment. There's how do, you, how do you package up those materials into a construction. And then there's the, the aerodynamics that are involved. And then the paint systems and the processing. And um, to, to be a product development engineer, you need to know every aspect of, of those processes and, and how those variables influence performance. And so it, to get into that product development space, I worked on a component of, of the Intergel uh, golf ball. And I was uh, really in charge of of trying to optimize the the aerodynamics and and the finishing systems because when you think about it, that that outer surface geometry is the paint system, how you prep the surface for the paint, and then obviously the uh, the geometries used to uh, trip up the boundary layer or you know dimple
0: patterns. You mentioned Dr. Benoit Vincent. He recently was on the range and he talked about all the hurdles that you had overseeing the growth of golf balls I mean that was like a big hurdle and you were really there at the beginning so as you're learning your way through golf they're really trying to figure out their way to make a golf ball I mean it was kind of everybody growing at the same time
1: yeah you're right I, th- I think we we, we we all grew up uh, around the same time obviously uh, Benoit and uh, I worked with uh, Dean Snell uh, had had more experience and, and I was under their uh, their leadership at that time, but I, I would say those those growing pains and or opportunities we all grew together, and uh, I, I I learned some really interesting uh, you know leadership uh, characteristics during that time because we had quite a few failures, and and you know in order to, to to have a strong team we really all just had to chip in, and and myself and and leadership were all chipping into to make the, the business successful. I mean, there were times when, when we are, our, our packaging, you know, with that, that canister that you showed me uh, a few minutes ago with the intergel packaging, which made that product unique um, was, was there's, there was no automation to available to really put the golf balls in that type of packaging. So we were in a situation where we had to hand pack everything <laughs> and uh, our volumes through the packing line were, were significant were very low, not not high enough to uh, support the business. So, you know, uh, all of us engineers and leaders uh, got together and worked on the line. And for a, a number of, I'd say, a, a week, we were able to just about triple the output of of that packaging line by hand packing and coming up with very simple processes to get the golf balls into that container. <laughs>
0: I, i'm I'm blown away by that because it's it's like it's humbling, but as a young engineer, maybe you didn't know much better than to this is the work we do
1: yeah this is the work we do we're all hands on we're all gonna chip in uh you know people may be directors managers uh, or whatnot but it when when it comes down to it, we all need to chip in and get our hands dirty and uh it's uh i I think that's really stuck with me during my career is you know, no matter, you know, what your level is at some point, you're going to have to get your hands dirty and chip in to ultimately focus the group on having the best product.
0: There's no job too small for somebody making the golf ball. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> did you find an area of golf ball development that really suited you, grabbed your interest? I mean, was it testing or did some other part of the development process really grab you?
1: Well, yeah, that's a good question. I, I really enjoyed the testing because it really, it, it's it's still a challenge these days, even with all of the technology we have is is how do you bridge that gap between what happens out on course and what you do in the lab. And it's, it's an ongoing, I'd say project for, for any, any golf company. Um, and so I really enjoyed that aspect of it, but I, I I started to gravitate more towards pulling the different technologies into uh, a finished product. And as I learned more about the paint systems, the surface preparation, the materials that uh, the urethanes that go into the cover, the ionomer materials and the polybutadienes. Now, I, you know, I'm not a, 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 a materials background uh, person, but o- over the you know the 24 year uh, my my 24 year career, I've been able to really absorb as much as I've, I've as I've, as I could. That's really what I try to do is learn as much as I could about every aspect of the golf ball, so that one day that I could. I could help pull all of that together. And um, I really enjoy looking at technologies and trying to determine what technologies may actually benefit the end user, the golfer, and being able to sort of move that product along without having making it a big deal. Let's, let's, let's use minimal resources to, to prove out concepts. And, and once we have a concept, then we can sort of build it out into a product that we, we could eventually sell, and then and then walking that that say prototype through the testing and evaluation process, and eventually taking it out to the to the to some of the best golfers in the world to get their feedback, and really completing that that cycle. So I, I think I really started to I had the opportunity to to work with golfers, very uh, professional golfers, very early in my career. Um, I worked. The first player I worked with uh, was a Champions Tour uh, player, Vicente Fernandez, and I think I just got thrown into that position uh, to test with him because no one else was around. And um, some of the feedback he provided, I was, I I questioned initially. He was, he was saying that the golf ball looked bigger, uh, looked bigger than the ball he was playing, and I don't remember what ball he was playing, but it looked bigger than than Mm -hmm. anything else. And I'm like, no, it's the same size. It's the same size. Uh, and then I went back to the lab after that test, and I, and I checked the size of that golf ball. And it was two thousandths larger than the, <laughs> than the ball he was playing, which is with the, the thickness of two hairs. Uh, and so very little. But from that point, what I walked away with was these players, are they notice the littlest things. And those little details make a significant impact on the results of that particular test it doesn't take much to throw off a tour player the ball seems too big you know the feedback that we get from that point forward may not truly reflect the the actual performance characteristics of that type of golf ball
0: you mentioned dean snell and working with him and and you talk about the small differences that can make a big difference in golf balls having a lack of experience in golf balls i imagine that he instructed you on just some of the finer points of things you know his experience with the pro v1 coming in and just kind of educating you on this is what a mantle does this is what a different layer is conceptually supposed to do so that you can at least see those things in research testing
1: absolutely yeah he 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 really gave me the opportunity that was i was very independent and um he gave me the the freedom to go out and explore uh, he understood that i was the type of person that liked to see things for myself mm-hmm. and versus just being told this is what's going to happen um he really uh, enabled me to go out and run experiments uh and, and, and within those experiments you know provide guidance and maybe you should look at this and maybe you should look at that really a, a coaching perspective and having given me the the opportunity to go explore various spaces, uh, I was able to learn and, and I'd say a, a deep seated uh, learning around how golf balls work. And and what's what's interesting with golf balls uh, for me is is there there's a lot of unknowns I'd say in, in the general uh, consumer space uh, of how a golf ball works. And there's things that um, that can benefit the golfer, um, you know, off the tee, but may uh, challenge them around the green. And, and, you know, my job is to sort out what makes a a golf, what makes a golf ball work for a particular player. Um, So it's, it's a little bit of a black box, uh, I'd say in the consumer space. And that's what I enjoy. When I first started at TaylorMade, my dad was surprised that I was going to go work for a golf company. He's like, well, it doesn't sound like you're really going to be an engineer. It sounds like you're going to be more in science because mm-hmm. he didn't understand uh, the materials and, and really the, the, the impact mechanics right. as a mechanical engineer that occur uh, when the golf ball is struck by uh, various lofted clubs. So for me, it's been absolutely fascinating.
0: In 2006, you launched the TP Red, TP Black Balls, TaylorMade's first tour-quality product. What was your role in the development of that ball?
1: So I, uh, the finishing systems, uh, developing the construction, and I had influence on the uh, aerodynamic pattern or the dimple pattern on that particular golf ball. Um, so I'd say a little bit of everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Um, um, that, that was TaylorMade's really first, what I would say, true tour golf ball. And I think what made that golf ball a tour golf ball, and this is obviously a lot of learning happened between 1997 and 2006. And you know, we were working on getting tour players into golf balls. And um, really what's required or what was required at that time to make it a, a true tour golf ball was the ability to have a urethane cover, which is a soft material that gives the players uh, green side performance around the green. And, and up, up until that point, um, obviously it took us a three plus years to develop that product. Um, up until that point, um, we, we had to develop uh, urethane systems and, and the production capability, which is significant, to be able to launch a ball like that in, in what I would call a true tour
0: fashion. If you can go back, and think about the reaction in the room, in the building, when we finally did it. Like, we've got a ball that's performing the way we want it to perform. Because when you're talking about a nine-year process, yeah. that's not a sketchboard, okay, we'll be done in nine years. It really is, let's hope we get there soon, but we're going to get there when, we get, when it's right. And, and so you cross this finish line that you didn't know necessarily was coming when suddenly here's a ball this this works
1: yeah i think i think what i enjoy is the learning process and and the it, it was what did we learn along the way well soft covers are important and that's obvious now but it took us a number of years to get there and um the steps to to the the tooling uh, involved with with making uh, a golf ball with the urethane cover is, is, is a little bit more complicated uh, than say like an ionomer uh, type of tooling. Um, so for me, it wasn't, there wasn't like this sense of relief, like we're, we're done, we're here. It was, uh, I'd say the mindset that I have is what's next and let's keep moving forward because we're not going to stop until we reach number one. And mm-hmm. in, for whatever reason, um, I have this, this ingrained need to want to strive for, for number one. And I don't just say that lightly. I, I say it with, with some intensity and knowing what it will take to actually get there. So I think in, in 2006, when we launched the golf ball, we had Sergio, we had Reti, uh, Justin Rose. We had some, some big-name players uh, using our product. We learned a ton up to that point. And, and honestly, the the learning didn't stop. We learned a lot in, in every launch uh, after that, because with the mindset of let's launch a golf ball, we know a lot about this golf ball, but do we know absolutely everything about it? No, because we need tour players to play it for a number of uh, mini tournaments, likely over the course of the year. And then they're going to have feedback for us. And based on that feedback, we're going to incorporate that feedback into the next design. So it's it's really a, we're here. Let's keep moving forward and let's not stop.
0: Well, the first time we talked was 11 years ago and you're launching the first ever five layer ball. And that's 13, 14 years into your career at that point. Yeah. You talk about, okay, we're going to take feedback and we're going to learn from the golf ball. But what people probably don't realize is that as an engineer, you're learning all these years, you're gaining knowledge and how much had you learned to that point? And as you look back, eleven years, how much more have you learned?
1: I think, um, I think, wow! In, in the difference between 2006 say six and in two thousand ten, in that five years, um, the ability to acquire player data uh, through the use of TrackMan, we had we had our own portable uh, launch uh, systems as well. But they were a little bit more cumbersome and, and they would only generate uh, ball speed, launch angle, and, and spin. And with that information, you would turn to the player and say, well, with this lower spin rate, you're gonna be this much longer. And with this additional ball speed, you're gonna be this much longer. And with this additional spin rate around the green, you're gonna be able to hold the greens or you're gonna get more check around the green. Well, over that five years, having Trackman, having launched, we were able to use that obviously setup much quicker. I mean, I was in, in 2003, I was in Spain working with Sergio uh, Garcia and we were using these portable launch monitors that, that were cumbersome. I mean, Sergio would hit a shot and it would be like a 45 second pause between us capturing the information and saying, let's go to the next shot. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, he's tapping his club and it's like, what's going on? And he was, he was cool about it, but it's really challenging to, to run a test when things take so long to capture information so with trackman uh, launching we we were able to capture information much quicker uh, and along with that we were able to track the golf ball in the air so it got to the point where i remember doing a test with uh with retief and, and retief Goosen, and, and we were talking about you know if we can get your launch angle up um you know a degree two degrees on your driver, go from nine degrees to 11 degrees at this low spin rate, you're going to gain some significant distance. And so what he did was he, he just changed his swing to, to get to hit more up on the ball. And he launched it two degrees higher and the ball went with additional ball speed and lower spin. Uh, he was able to get like 15 yards off the tee. So, and he was able to see that because I would just turn the track man output and just show him. go, mm-hmm. here's spin rate, launch angle. And here's, here's, here's the, Here's the, uh, the distance information. You don't need to trust me or in my calculations in my head, you can trust the monitor here. Um, so I think, you know, in that five years, we were acquiring data at a much quicker pace. And in 2008, we launched a golf ball uh, that uh, had, we've got some very interesting feedback and this sort of ties into us not knowing exactly what's going to happen when we launch a product. But after we launched the product, we got some feedback from the European tour players that the ball was much better into the wind mm-hmm. and we're like, we didn't quite understand why we had a new dimple pattern. Yes. But what else about that golf ball made it so good into the wind? There's too many players saying that this ball is better into the wind. And, and so using the, the new data acquisition systems that we had and working with the players and doing more and more robot testing, we figured out that the iron spin was a couple of hundred RPM lower than a prior golf ball or any golf ball that was really out on the tour. Mm-hmm. And so with that learning, that was a significant learning. We can give players something different than with what was currently out there. It's going to be better into the wind. It's going to be more consistent. And, um, and it was beneficial. So we became kind of known as, as the company that has had a really good uh, into wind or wind wind golf ball. And with that, that really helps solidify the direction that that I've been going over the last 10 years is is how do we manage the, that iron spin rate where we don't have it too high or too low, give players the ability to to you know hit the the, the trajectories that they want to see, and then give players more greenside performance. And so moving into that that five layer golf ball, what we we were able to do with that particular construction was take everything good about that that prior gen product you know with the low driver low iron spin and what we were able to do with that five-layer product is make it spin more around the green because mm-hmm. if, if you were to ask any of the tour players at that time like what would you want out of that prior gen product and was like well i love everything about it but if i can get more green side spin i would take it so you take that feedback and then you, we we came up with a new construction that enabled us to to give players more green side spin while maintaining this excellent iron performance.
0: Most golf balls are operating on a two-year product cycle. Yeah. And consumers are sitting there saying, okay, I know a new ball is coming out every two years. The, the, The knowledgeable consumers are saying that. But they may not really understand what's going into it. And part of what you're describing is you're learning more as engineers. You're getting better technology to measure and you're getting feedback from players on prior generations, that that's really what's going into the new ball is, okay, we're learning all these things and maybe we know how to take advantage of it. Maybe we don't, but that's the engineering process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and where we, if we've identified a space that we want to study and we don't quite know how to study it and go about generating designs that, that can explore that space, That's the fun part is the is exploring the unknown, but knowing where you want to go, but not knowing how to get there is the challenging uh, yet fun part of, of this, of working in this industry.
0: Well, I think back uh, 2007 was the first time that I went to the ball lab. And then I went back in 10 years where you had an all new ball testing lab. Yeah. And, I got to see that you like to work kind of like as a mad scientist, kind of <laughs> like, you you know, maybe a, a witch's brew that you're just taking, I'm going to take this element and this element and this element, let me combine them into a golf ball, let's see what it does. And in a way, that's what testing can be is you've got theories of how different materials work together as layers, but until you can actually test them in, in a ball cannon, you have no idea what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's There is there is some structure to the mad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we obviously use tools to help help us understand where a particular technology could be useful. But you're right. You, you don't know how it's going to work until you actually do it. And, and the reason for that is is uh, the materials used in golf balls are, are complicated, and they're extremely challenging to, to model. Um, and so... We can we can do modeling simulation, but there are times you know, and so we'll do studies that are driven based on those simulations. But there are definitely times where it's like, well, what if we try this with that? You know what? Let's go out and try it because we 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 just don't know. And I'd say that type of input comes from everyone on the team. You know, a test technician, um, a technician that makes prototypes. Ideas come from really. Anywhere on the team or anywhere in the company, and um, you know our job is to evaluate ideas and determine uh, whether or not we see any type of what I'd say a signal, whether it be positive or negative, and, and how we can maybe utilize those positive signals uh, moving forward. And I think that's that's one of the challenges in um, in golf ball development is is the signals uh, aren't always. Strong And if they are strong, then it doesn't really take a, a talented engineer to find them because it's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. It, it takes someone who's really interested in developing product to, to see those signals and then figure out how to maybe maximize that, that signal or that technology into a, into a golf ball design that's going to be meaningful and worthy of a new launch.
0: We're talking about design when you – the club folks, they start on a CAD working on a computer – They fine-tune that design. Ultimately they'll build a prototype, test it, see how it works. But with golf balls, it's a different process. It's a combination of virtual or virtual theory versus then trying to replicate that in a physical form. And and it really is a lot of trial and error.
1: It really is. And that's actually a very hands-on. Let's let's have an idea let's just go build it type of mindset. Um, and and I, I really enjoy the idea of, of obviously using the, the, the highly technical tools that we have to simulate um, what could be, but being able to just say, you know what, we've got a, a fully functional lab downstairs that can make golf balls from start to finish in, in whatever configuration we want. Um, and let's just go build it. because. If we can build it and then, and then actually demonstrate first to ourselves that hey this material or this type of construction can add ball speed or add spin or reduce spin, then we, then we can test it and we actually have a sample in hand. And that sample in hand with the accompanying data is much more influential than, than just saying here's a simulation saying this is what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then honestly, being able to take those prototypes and, and go test with them down at the range or even hand them out to select players within the company uh, to say, "Go try it out on course." That's what's really fun about the golf industry is, you know, we all love golf, and we're all we're all trying to make, you know, our product better. And we can make stuff, test it, and then we can actually go test it ourselves out on course. I mean, how cool is that?
0: Well, and the funny thing is, is that a lot of times the bosses, so to speak. Are some of the best players, so so you can really justify your work by giving them something to try, and sure enough, they come back and it's like, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. You, hey, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what's, um, I think what's important in in leadership in, in the golf industry is is being product people and really being passionate and and wanting to do the best for the product. And, and we have that here uh, at Callaway um, with, with the team. The leadership team here is, is deeply involved with, with all products because honestly, they and we are all golfers. We, we want to make better products and, and we want to make our customers happy and our customers range from um, you know, the, the, the everyday golfer to kids uh, playing golf and, and, our, and our tour players.
0: This may seem a little remedial, but I think our audience would appreciate a general, and I mean general understanding, of what layers can do for a golf ball.
1: In general, um, if if you think about going from a a two-piece golf ball to a three-piece golf ball, adding layers is, in general, going to add speed. Um, Obviously, highly dependent on what materials you use, but they're going to add speed. And with that speed, it, it enables you to uh, change the the core properties uh, to make the golf ball feel softer. And it also enables us to use softer covers for more control around the green. So in general, more layers, you know, primarily going from two-piece to three-piece and at some point three-piece to four-piece, it's going to add speed uh, for, uh, you know, varying types of swing speeds. Um, it's going to add speed and it's going to add control around the green.
0: We've talked about tour balls, but that's not the only ball that's out there. As an engineer, you've got your top-tier balls, and then you have, for lack of a better term, a second-tier ball uh-huh. or an entry-level ball. How do you go about engineering that level of ball? Is it something that it's like, you know what, it's not performing as well, but we can make it for a reasonable price, or... Or is it its own engineering practice that we're looking, okay, we have this ball. Let's, let's look at a, a ball that, you know, has fewer layers that cost less to make. Therefore we can charge less in the marketplace. I mean, how does that process work for that level of ball?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for, um, when you think about the super soft golf ball, which that golf ball is doing just fantastic in the marketplace. It's, it's soft feeling it's, it's long driver and irons. Um, it's, it's, targeting you know golfers that uh, you know that are seeking soft feel uh, and and distance in a, you know package up in a, a two piece uh, golf ball and i think you know obviously what we do is we look at the competitive data set uh, the leaders in that in that particular category and us being uh, one of those leaders in that category and and we we look for the white space um, where can we stand out and be different than what's currently out there, and then the, the question is, well, is being different better? And so, then we need to understand what that type of uh, golfer or consumer is seeking. Uh, it may be uh, soft feel, long, hey, I, the golf ball needs to last three rounds, uh, so it needs to be durable. And then, you know, with those parameters uh, sort of being the baseline, what can we add on top of that? And I think one of the things that uh, I've enjoyed. Being here at Callaway is is the um, the the need or the drive to make a product better, no matter how complex or uh, or the impact on cost. And, and we use uh, very, I'd say, complicated um, resin systems in that cover on the super soft, something that you really don't see anywhere else. And and the benefit to the golfer is they're going to see more speed, they're going to have soft feel. And then ultimately, they're going to have um, you know really good greenside performance. So it is a different it is a different uh, type of project. Uh, obviously, the consumer is a lot less um, uh, critical. Uh, you know, they're not making their money like a tour player is on, on getting that hole, that ball in the in, in the hole. But it, it's it's important that we're we're always improving on products in each particular category. That ultimately are going to benefit the golfer.
0: Now, you recently transitioned the short distance from TaylorMade to Callaway Golf. I mean, it's maybe a five minute drive, but it's a world away. What was your first goal walking in the door?
1: What was my first goal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, really, uh, really to uh, embrace uh, the what what Callaway has, the company culture, and and really take. Uh, what really learn what callaway does and, and how uh, callaway uh, evaluates uh, product categories and and how we launch golf balls uh, the process of launching golf balls and, and how it's different than, than my past experience and really what I wanted to do is is take everything great uh, that Callaway was all already doing and make them even better and then insert myself uh, where there were where there are opportunities for, for, you know, improving, uh, you know, I think as an engineer, uh, you know, unfortunately, as an engineer, I, I always look at where the opportunities are or where the problems are and, and work on making them better. But it really, my approach coming into this uh, into this role was let's, let's keep doing what we're doing great. And uh, if there's, if there's opportunities to, to shift or pivot and let's go ahead and, and, and pivot. And um, that, that's really been my goal. And it's, it's been, it's, it's been a great transition. Uh, the team here, um, from top to bottom is, uh, or across the board is, is extremely capable. Uh, we have, uh, unique, uh, testing capabilities and, and prototyping capabilities, uh, where I think, uh, we have the best chance of, 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 of getting to that top spot. I'm, I'm really excited about the future. Uh, we're looking at things, uh, with, with, with a different perspective uh, with the intent of, you know, ultimately making uh, the best product uh, best golf ball uh, really in the world. It's been, it's been fantastic.
0: Talk about the resources that you have there in Carlsbad. I mean, you have, as you mentioned, a testing lab, obviously you have the ECPC, so you have a place to go in and see balls in actual flight, but then with the factory in Massachusetts to make it all happen. What
1: we have here in, in Carlsbad is we have, the ability to, to make uh, really any, any golf ball design, uh, materials, uh, cores, dual cores, all in-house. We can make that from uh, start to finish here. And, and having that capability to, to make everything from start to finish is, is extremely important because it gives us the, the ability to evaluate each component of the golf ball as they come together and make sure that they sync up. I mean, we want to make sure that the paint system that we use on the golf ball uh, is is aligned with uh, the geometries that we're using, the the hex geometries that we use, and make sure that we get excellent flight performance. So, being able to do that all start to finish is is extremely important. Our evaluation capability is uh, definitely significant. We we have tools here that um, that are going to help us. Um, really take new materials, new constructions, simulate those and ultimately help us be more efficient in how we design product. And then, and then again, talking about bridging the gap between what happens out on course and, and in the lab, our, our test labs are, are able to generate a, a, a lot of excellent information that ultimately help us make better decisions. And then the ECPC is is a fantastic facility where we do rely on internal player testing to help us make decisions on, on golf ball design, and then ultimately out to it, even at the ECPC working with tour players at the ECPC, and then potentially at the player's home course. So I, I top to bottom, it's it the the, the, the research, the development. Uh, we're growing as a as a team, uh, not only intellectually but uh and count uh, to support where we want to head uh, in golf ball so it's um it's been exciting it's been a lot it's I'm definitely putting in some time to try to to try to learn everything but um you know it's uh it's been it's been an exciting time for for myself
0: I think back to a video of you with John rom and a golf ball <laughs> testing that he didn't want to do and <laughs> Seeing his reaction to performance. And I think that's got to be the ultimate for you as an engineer is that when you get to be with a tour player and you get to test a ball and see that reaction that what did you just do and why is this so good?
1: I, you know, that, you know, that happens. That doesn't happen very often. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a reaction like that with Rom, you know, having, you know, just, you know graduated uh from asu and um having played one ball all his life you know a lot of players don't realize that golf balls are different mm-hmm. um you know they all are you know majority of them are going to be great around the green um or good around the green and then what you do after that is, is dependent on the on the company culture and where they want to head but having given um you know john a product that you know he just a golf ball but was a golf ball to him at that point and giving him something that was different and that different. And in a good way, uh, was, was really a, a great experience. And, you know, those are the, those are the times when you get really excited and you don't feel like you're, you got there, but you feel like you're headed in the right direction and you're giving pro, uh, products that are new and interesting to the golfers, uh, to the best players in the world. And they're beneficial. It's going to help them play better golf.
0: We got to know, what can we expect next? Or at least what can you tell us? What's coming?
1: Oh, I, you know, I, I can't answer that. Being <laughs> an R&D, we're, we're working on stuff uh, for, you know, two to three years out and even longer. Um, all I can really say is, you know, we're focused on, on making um, the best product in the industry. And uh, we feel like, you know, what's going to happen over the next couple of years is going is to get us there. Um, and, and one thing that, uh, you know, we're, there's been you asked about the chickpea manufacturing and um, we're investing in technologies uh, at, at the chickpea manufacturing that's going to help us, um, you know, make better performing product. Um, and it's been really exciting working with the team out there and really for me, uh, learning uh, the processes and what this team has done over the last couple of years. Uh, that that really are game-changing and, and ultimately lead to um, a better-performing product. It's been really fun.
0: Well, we always wrap up our talks here on The Range by jumping into the Wayback Machine. And I just got to think of wh- what's a project that to you was a launch that just, it struck you in the heart. And it's like, you know what? That's always going to be my special little baby of a ball.
1: Oh, yeah. that That's a good question. Um, I think, I think the, the, the Pinta TP, the five layer ball launch, you know, the, the willingness of the company to invest in a technology that was truly different. Um, I think that, and like I said, the the learning process, what did we learn from that? What do we take from that and build on that for future product? Um, I think that was one of the one of the, the launches that I would probably cherish uh, you know, up to this point, but I'm definitely excited about, about where we're headed here. Um, definitely feel like we're headed in the right direction and um, yeah, I'm really excited for the future. So I, I, I look back on the past on what we've learned. Um, but like I said earlier, it's a never rest mentality because it's not over until you're at the number one spot.
0: Well, and I think about that what you really take from that is seeing this is how it can go right, and this is what I'm looking to do again. Yeah, that's right. Well, you continued a tradition you likely had no knowledge of in terms of my golf ball education. I learned so much from Dean Snell, and then over time you explained so much to me about layers, material, and their interconnectivity. More than you really can know. Uh, Trust me, you taught me a lot, and it opened my eyes years ago. I'm sure it will continue to do so in the future. Thank you for some great designs, uh, great spin around the greens, and thanks for joining us here on The Range.
1: Thanks, Rob, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: That was Eric Loper, and seriously, when we first spoke, I understood the basics of golf ball construction, but he broke it down into the most simple elements, and I got it. As you can tell, he loves the development aspect of design, as so many of our past guests do. They want to make the game better for us all, amateur to professional. And when it goes right, well, they get that pure joy that comes from our success. Before we go, this past week we saw the Olympic men's golf competition, and as expected, it was fantastic. Xander Shoffley was impressive in taking control of the event and then holding on for the win. Many complained about this being a non-purse tournament, but because of that fact, we were treated to the performance of Rory Sabatini in the final round. For a tour event, if you aren't in contention, it's your professional responsibility to be considerate of your payout. After all, you can't afford to drop more strokes and pay while pursuing a glorious comeback. However, with no money on the line, We saw the field attack the golf course in the final round because unless you finish in the top three, you're going to go home empty handed. The result was a brash and exciting 61 and a silver medal. Some could say that the South African native representing Slovakia had no business in the event. His second place finish says otherwise, and it also reminds us that for a lot of players, the ability to become an Olympian still means a lot. That may be most evident with Rory McElroy, who admitted that he was going to the Olympics not out of patriotism, but as something of an obligation to grow in the game. How did you feel afterwards? Well here's what he told RTE Sport.
1: It's been brilliant. It really has. Um, just just everything about it, you know, it's 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 the you know, it's 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 not just another golf tournament, you know, put it that way. You know, you're a part of something that's that's much bigger and um, yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to Paris in, in three years' time. It's been it's been really good, and um, you know, hopefully, Shane and I both make the team again because I've really enjoyed his company this week. And um, you know, I keep saying a throwback to our amateur days. Yeah, um, and I've really enjoyed that.
0: Consider that those words came after he was eliminated in the playoff for a bronze. That sentiment was unanimous. Here's Tommy Fleetwood before the tournament. I was. Uh like so so happy when you know i made it to the olympics i think from the moment i put a shirt on in my garage at home to getting on the flight to arriving here to being around the village i think all of it is a uh, for one it's a very special experience um but i think you know being surrounded by all the athletes that put so much into this on a daily basis throughout their lives i think it's inspirational um you're both a competitor and like one of the biggest GB fans because you you know you're in and amongst it and you're with everyone and um, you know so far I've loved every minute. It's you know great to spend it with friends as well and um, you know it's really really cool. Obviously you get to the golf course and it's you do everything that you normally do, but um, just what goes on around this event, it being the Olympic Games, is um, you know it's something that we've never done before and it's amazing. And of course, here's Justin Thomas
1: it's been an unbelievable experience i mean i think it started to really hit me when i was traveling here when i first got here when i you know got in the room and saw all the gear it's um it's it might be the coolest thing i've ever been a part of i mean it's an unbelievable um it's just there's not very often where you get so excited about just being a part of a tournament
0: the biggest complaint may be about the format We can't expect the best of the best to show up to the Olympics and battle through a U.S. Amateur-style format. That's just too much. Match play rarely yields the results we really want, so that is out. I'll simply say this. The four majors are stroke play. Anything else really is considered to be a gimmicky format, and the Olympics deserve the best. A team concept would be amazing, no doubt but not at the expense of awarding an individual Olympic champion. It may not seem sexy, but Olympic golf, as it is now, delivered the game we love and gave us a worthy gold medalist. That's awesome, and that's all we really can ask for. Of course, we continue to share what's new in golf equipment, and you can learn all about that with the Golf Spotlight. We're dropping new features all the time, looking at clubs, accessories, footwear, and more. Go to thegolfspotlight.com and click on the YouTube subscribe button and turn on those notifications so you never miss one of our features. There is always a lot to catch up on. Stay up to date on The Range by following us on Instagram at TheGolfSpotlight. We're also on Twitter at GolfSpotlight. We welcome your comments everywhere. You've listened this far, so subscribe to The Range and Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new shows dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of The Range, so let's hit the course, but it won't do you much good without a few balls in tow. Hopefully, you can better appreciate how they're designed to help you. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range.